Countries that don't exist anymore They used to exist but not anymore Now you know what this podcast is for It's countries that don't exist anymore Interregnum Hey and welcome to Interregnum Yes, that's right, Interregnum It's part of the countries that don't exist anymore franchise But it's our informal, in-betweeny series episodes Where we are able to talk about things we might not always feature on countries that don't exist anymore So this is Interregnum number one Um, How many are we planning, Ed? Have we got enough to make it a countries that don't exist anymore universe? (laughs) That's where the money's at. Well, we could probably do a trilogy uh, or maybe a a quadrology. (laughs) Do a spin-off. We could do, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Um, So we're going to... uh, Yes, so this is a very special uh, edition because it's the first ever Interregnum and it's almost Christmas. Are you excited about Christmas, I'm very excited. It's Christmas Eve tomorrow. Yeah, so everyone listening to this... Actually, the thing about podcasts is that, you know... We're going to release this the day before Christmas Eve, so that was true when I said that. If you're listening to this after Christmas, though, either look back nostalgically on this Christmas before 2022 in the end times, or look forward to Christmas 2022 when you'll be receiving, I don't know, a grain of rice if you're lucky for Christmas. Yes, if you're listening to this on a beach in the Maldives in 2022, July, just think about Christmas at home. Yeah. In the gloom. Think about Christmas. Just think about Christmas. And we are actually going to think about Christmas on our first episode. Because uh, very sort of Christmas themed. This episode, first episode of Interregnum is called... Is the North Pole a country? Well, it can't really be a country, so no. Well, then that can't really do the episode then, Episode over. See you next time. Yes, well, in the sort of shifting script that is countries like, is it is this anymore? Uh, it's actually North Pole is a shifting patch of sea ice, um, so you can't it can't really be claimed by a country or be a country, but it it is part of people's territorial waters, so it could be claimed. Mm, surely has been though. Well, I, I suppose you'll get to that, won't you? Well, I will get to that, yeah. Because so as it goes at the moment, the North Pole is iced over all year. But, you know, with what with the uh, wonders of climate change, we might finally yep. see an ice-free North Pole. Um, people, well, thank God. I know, isn't it? Just it's been, bloody cold up there. It's, it's been, awful. It's been getting in the way, all that ice, mm. all those frozen peas floating everywhere. It's time we defrost the planet. Unfortunately, we're doing that uh, thanks yep. to climate change. And the uh, best thing about it, as the ice melts, we will finally have access uh, to the major reserves of oil and gas uh, under oh, the North Sea. Oh, that's great, because then we can burn them and melt more ice. That's right. And that... get more access to oil and gas. Yeah, even so more. So what's, what's all this worrying about climate change and then the lack of fossil fuels? We've got plenty. Doom and gloom, Phil. That's the problem. Uh, yes, mm. apparently it's 13% of the world's untapped oil reserves and 30% of its undiscovered natural gas well, is uh, available there. Where's the other 70%? Down your trousers. Sorry. Oh, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, cut that's that's out. no flat. No, no, don't cut it out because flatulence is very <laughs> is very Christmas themed. Um, yeah, and well, actually, methane is uh, something like no eighty times more damaging than carbon dioxide. So um, go easy on the beans, everybody. Yeah, Phil, on your vegan diet, lol, etc. Diet that doesn't include. Uh, oh, I'm not going to go on a rant. Are you right. going <laughs> to you were going to say farting cows, weren't you? <laughs> 
I was. Yeah, yes. okay. Nobody currently owns the North Pole, but because of all these, uh, you know, natural resources, it, it's actually increasingly countries are trying to claim bits of it. Uh, Russia, Canada, Denmark, and Norway uh, all have potential claims. In fact, the Russians even planted a flag. Um, well, on... case closed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you have to do. Um, yeah, we've learned anything from Eddie Izzard. We've learned that. Well, I, well it's funny because they said they, they planted a flag on the sea seabed, a titanium Russian mm. flag. And they said, well, I mean, I don't see what the problem is. The Americans planted a flag on the moon. And it's almost mm -hmm. like them going, OK, Americans, you have the moon, which is ages away and made out of rock. And we'll have the <laughs> North Pole with loads of oil and gas. <laughs> in, in fairness to the Russians, though, um, there is a town in Siberia called the North Pole. So, you know, it might be... I thought you were say the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yes, moon town. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just like this it's just like this carnival of like yeah. the russians having landed on the moon yeah <laughs> really really sad orphans in like a parade yeah. it's just like yeah. de depressing disneyland who discovered the north pole well um there was an american explorer called robert peary who claimed to have reached the north pole in april 1909 but anyway he uh, robert peary Peary wasn't the first time he'd had a go because he had had another crack at it um, in 1906 and claimed to have, dis have discovered a new landmass uh, called Crockerland after the sponsor of his expedition, Betty Crocker, who provided the expedition's Tupperware. Because if you're if you are going to uh, any exploration of the planet always take plenty of tupperware with all the, oh, yeah. all, the all the things you need now wh yes. whether it's foodstuffs to keep them fresh or uh, knives and sporks that could be in another tupperware box yeah. i would um, say though the, the the least place in the world where you'd need uh, a sealed thermos to keep things cool is the north pole yes no, so i think you're, you're you're more or less as safe with an open plate as you are with a sealed Tupperware. So what you're saying is that guy is such <laughs> a good salesman. He could he could sell Tupperware to <laughs> he Eskimos. Could sell Tupperware to Eskimos, <laughs> and they've got a lot of Tupperware. That's Let's the go. point of the story. Oh, by the way, Phil's gone away. Uh, just while he's away, I'd like to mention James Clark, who's a great listener. He WhatsApp me just before the show started. So technically, he was in the VIP green room, which we should charge for on All Patreon. Right. Oh, and Phil's back. Was on. Just uh, had to. Uh... While you were away, I did James Clark shout out, so you can keep that one in. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of excitement around Crockerland. Um, in fact, it was called the Atlantis of the North. Prob mm. Yeah, probably by the History Channel. Um, oh, here we go. It has to be Atlantis. Could it have been the Atlantis <laughs> of the North? <laughs> Could there have been an ancient, civilized, advanced civilization of people who are really cold all the time? So it's actually on maps. Um, people just took his word for it. So if you look mm. at any map between 1900 and 1913, you will see a small island called Crockerland in the North Pole, um, mm. which is uh, the reason was it's not just because everyone respected him. It's because experts in uh, tide and shipping uh, thought that there had to be a landmass there because it's the only only way you could explain the way the tides moved. So basically anyone had to say, I found it, and they could go, aha, I told you so. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bit like if Cliff Richard finally came out as gay. <laughs> uh, something like that. Yeah, God. Come on, Cliffo. The real reason, actually, the uh, tides do 
um, work the way they do is uh, because of a huge spinning current called the Beaufort gear. Um, so it turns out that Crocoland turned out to be a Croco something else. Um, yeah, Croco rubbish. But if it had existed, uh, Peary would have claimed it for the USA because this was the time of uh, American history where the USA basically went around claiming stuff for their informal empire. Um, oh, yes, when anti-imperialist America was yeah. weirdly imperialist. I mean, it's Teddy Roosevelt. He just liked and doing it. And kept annexing things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like Guam and, and Puerto Rico, whatever was mm. left over, really. Yeah. Um, but we actually think now that uh, despite Peary's claims, he actually didn't get anywhere near the North Pole. Um, oh, shocker. Analysis of his journals and pictures have led to suggest that he was miles away. Um, in fact, it's quite a nice detail, kind of dodgy detail of uh, his accounts is that they didn't make good progress at all and they kept having problems until the only navigator on the team bob bartlett left the party and went home and after that they made amazing progress like oh, yeah. record-breaking progress <laughs> to the north pole uh yeah so that's yeah it's like boss uh, how long to the north pole we're there yeah exactly. are we yeah yep. Yep. yeah we're there yeah. yep but how come I see that service station over the road? Oh, yeah. Well, they've got, they got them everywhere now, haven't they? Oh, it's amazing. Well, it's the peop- that's, that's an Atlantic service station. Yeah. I mean, they've just set it up because of the oil and gas reserves I was talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, keep up. It all makes sense. Scenario. Um, but there was someone else who claimed, uh, also claimed to have found it. American explorer. Not, not Freddie Cook. Yes, Frederick Cook. Oh, my God. What are the odds? Oh, you're, you really are a script reader, Phil. Um <laughs> <laughs> he claimed to have reached the North Pole a year earlier in 1908. But, you know, uh, there's neither really have proof, so it's hard to say. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, that Blackadder episode when he, he's going to go and uh, go around the world and he decides just to go to France, have a holiday and come back. Yeah, and then he goes, you don't yeah. know the way to France either. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it is It is hard to say. I mean, what, I mean it, it's quite difficult, though. What you're supposed to do, you take a piss in the snow in the North Pole and go, there we go. Mm. Ah, footprint, like on the moon. Just put my footprint on the North Pole. Yeah. And then you're like, snowing. What What bad luck. Uh, <laughs> you'd never you'd never have to prove it. Actually, weirdly, though, the first person to very verifiably discover the North Pole was Roald Amundsen. You remember him from the South Pole exploits? Because um, oh, yeah. he'd done the South Pole heroics, uh, got to the South Pole first 10 years before. But the man was older now, and so he didn't want to bother with the sledging, and he took an airship flight over the top of it. Uh, I imagine sipping champagne under an electric blanket, just going, now this really is exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if that's that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it in style. Oh, absolutely. It, it reminds me of um, when we used to go camping, Ed, when we were kids. We went there and we basically got to some like place in Wales and it was pissing down and freezing cold because that's what happens. Mm. And um, And then we ended up going back home and then we put our tents in the garden and then we camped by sitting in the living room and playing on the PlayStation <laughs> and thinking, this is how you, this is camping. You just need, this is amazing. You just need to pitch your tent next to a fully stocked house. That's really the only <laughs> way I want to do camping. That's, that's how yeah. we perfected camping, you know. Yeah. Consoles. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't really say you discover it until someone's actually set foot there, though. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't happen until 1968. When an American called Ralph Plaisted arrived there on snowmobile, um, 
Which, yeah, like very 1968, summer of love, well, winter of love. I sort of imagine his base camp just being like fondue and LSD and whatever the hell else they did in 1968. But then, Wrote brilliant albums. Yeah, well, of course, brilliant albums. But then later that year, um, British explorer Sir Wally Herbert. Oh, most re- English name ever. Reached it on foot. Um, des- oh, wow. Despite the fact that no one asked him to do it, people had already discovered it. Absolutely no reason for it, Wally Herbert. You Wally Herbert. You Wally Herbert. I like How that. Come that didn't I like catch that. on. Well, I love that sort of late sixties end of the empire thing. They're like, we'll just have one last go. Yeah, one last one hurrah. Last one last go. hurrah. Uh, I think. What is it? Meanwhile, the Americans had almost landed on the moon, and Brit- yeah. Britain were like, <laughs> we're going to walk to the North Pole to show everybody <laughs> we're still relevant. Showing everybody we're still relevant is a thing we haven't given up on to this day. Oh, yeah, we love to try and show people we're still relevant. Yep. Countries that don't exist anymore. Five facts from the North Pole. One. The North Pole doesn't have a time zone. Um, so what exactly? It's at the top. It's at the very top. There is no time zone. Uh, yeah. You the. Can you skip from one time zone to the next oh, by just, just what, uh, running around the pole? Well, not even running around it. You can just sort of rotate um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which way you're facing? Yeah, exactly. You'll be like, yeah. uh, you're, you know, you actually, you, you would be a ticking f- uh, human-shaped clock if you look at the North so Pole. So you could just turn time. around 360 degrees and go, cool, day gone already. Exactly. This is ridiculous. Wow. I took a quick spin and then a week gone by. It's crazy. Hmm. Now I feel dizzy. I just feel dis- disorientated from how fast this thing is going round. <laughs> um, exactly. There ain't enough hours in the day. Two. Very true, there aren't enough because there aren't any hours in a day, uh, or, or at least it's completely dark. Um, so yep. for six months, it's totally black, and for the other six months, it's totally light. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Three. The research state, there, there's actually a research station. Uh, there were the first one, in fact. Uh, was landed by plane. It's from the USSR in 1937. Again, with those Russians in the North Pole. Mm. Uh, but then it's quite funny because a year later they went to pick them up and they realised they realised that the research station had drifted 1,615 miles away from the North Jesus. Pole. So you have to wonder how much of their research was actually done at the North Pole. Well, did they actually take it off the plane? Oh yeah, they had they pop, popped a research station down. I mean, <laughs> that, this was so this it. was Soviet Russia. They were like, "Oh, yeah. well, congratulations, comrade! We have got a special assignment for you." You're like, "Ah, <laughs> oh shit, oh, no." Four. Santa, aka Saint Nick, lived in Myra, Turkey, in the fourth century, but didn't move to the North Pole because obviously now he famously lives there until the mid 1800s. Uh, I think it was Thomas Nast, an American cartoonist. Yeah. Uh, he sort of designed Santa Claus, stuck him in the North Pole because it was in vogue and because it was snowing there and reindeer lived there. I mean, they don't, but he just, you know, assumed that they did. Five. Every year, the North Pole hosts uh, an extreme marathon. They run through uh, the North Pole every year. Um, which is stupid because wow. if you just camp at the North Pole, you'll probably do 26 miles drifting overnight. So I don't, I just <laughs> don't see the point. You've done a marathon before, Phil. I have done a marathon, Ed, uh, and I wouldn't do it in the North Pole. Why not? Well, they keep me cool. Mm. Um, running on snow, running on snow. Didn't you say not your good. toenails almost f- fell off 
when you ran a marathon? People do say that, but mine were fine and dandy because I had very expensive socks and nice shoes. Oh, I've been telling people your toenails have fallen off for the last no, five years. No, I think years. that's just. I think that's just a popular misconception. I know, which, which you, I'm, spreading. Blended, I'm spreading. You've it. Blended it I'm spreading. I think I'm me. spreading it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you told me that. It was one of those. No, 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 wonder, no wonder the Beatles can't agree. Blimey. Yeah. God, it's not unbelievable. Countries that don't exist anymore. The history of Christmas. Christmas has evolved over time. These days, we kind of think of it as a obligatory, ruinous, gift-giving... Not inf- in our family. Inf- well, quite. Enforced alcoholism, definitely in our that family. That checks out, yeah, definitely in our family. And just getting annoyed with family members, probably also in our family. But yeah. to be honest, most people are suffering from indigestion and terminal hangovers. It's very... Yeah. Difficult not to, to be agreeable uh, until you get drunk again. Um, so I, I think that's, that's <laughs> kind of acceptable. Obviously, those those festive hangovers uh, go back to long before uh, Jesus Christ was born. Christ, in his time, he uh, encouraged a few hangovers, for example, getting all those people drunk with wine at that wedding feast. Yep. I mean, Jesus's wine drinking uh, doesn't just stop at that because, you know, Jesus gives wine to people and goes, yeah, I'll drink this. And they go, what is it? Go, yeah, it's wine, drink it. And then they drink it. And then he goes, ah, it's my blood. So he does <laughs> yeah, that nice. as well. What a prankster. So he's always, what he's a always on the banter. What a prankster. The problem I always had with, you know, that whole water into wine at the wedding feast, because yeah. the, the Bible chief says that um, usually we serve the worst wine uh, when people are too drunk to notice at the end of the feast. But thanks to you, Jesus, we're serving the best wine last. Well, this makes no sense. Because he, he says this to Jesus at the point when they've run out of wine. Yeah. So everybody's he, drank. Presumably he, he slurs his way through this. Yeah. It's Jesus. I'm a bachelor mate because this wine is delicious. <laughs> you save it right to the end. Because no matter if I didn't think you'd stand a god before, but now I'm positive because this wine is fucking lovely, mate. <laughs> the implication of that miracle is mm. that if Jesus had turned water into wine and it had been like shitty plonk, then... That well, they would wouldn't have invalidated know. the miracle. Yeah, but also they wouldn't know. <laughs> That's the thing. It's the whole problem. The guy, <laughs> yeah. the guy is biased. Because everyone's too hammered. Exactly. To recognise whether it was whatever it was. That was the whole point. But of course it was uh, around sort of um, festivities at that time of year. It would have been around long yeah. before that. Uh, what? Not, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of pagan traditions, uh, usually about whoa, uh, whoa, the, whoa. the winter solstice. You're saying solstice? there was celebrations in winter? Before Christmas. I'm afraid to say it's true. A good example... Burn the witch! Good example is Yule, uh, celebrated mm. by the Norse, and that was started in on 21st of December, uh, yeah. welcoming the return of the sun. As we said, like, the Scan- yep. Scandinavia does not get much sun in the winter. So no. it's like, no wonder they have to have a big piss up. It's a big deal. Mm. So Viking fathers and sons would gather logs and then set them alight... And as they, these logs burned over 12 days, I mean, how big were these trees? Um, yeah. Each spark was said to be a new pig or a new calf being born or coming that year, later that year. Well, very easy to uh, debunk that, had they wished to, but obviously they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have Matt Dillahunty and some sort of <laughs> Viking longboat chat. Just like <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, that's kind of the reason uh, Christmas is very traditionally meaty people would often kill off their animals so they wouldn't have to bother 
spending food and warmth to uh, house their animals. Uh, yeah. They were just that's gratitude, isn't it? They're like, oh well, done it all year, and uh, hey, could I have a could I have a space within your house? Nope, but I will kill you and eat you. What do you think nope. about that? In Germany, there was a time when uh, it was said that Odin. Uh, made flights over the sky to spy on people like a North Korean Father Christmas. Um, Odin was worshipped uh, as a god, but people still were terrified of him. So that's why apparently people spent the winter festival inside because they were hiding mm. from Odin and also because it was bloody freezing. Yeah, you, you'd have thought it's probably that. that yeah. Are you were you cold? Like, no, no, it's Odin. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> I can take on the frozen. Yeah, the only reason we've obviously got Christmas is because Rome spread Christianity. Um, uh, I wonder how long before Rome would turn up. Yeah, Everybody loves the Romans. Everybody loved them Romans. Uh, but obviously the Romans did have their own festivals at the time. Uh, Saturnalia, named after Saturn, mm. the god of agriculture. So uh, Saturnalia lasted a month and it was a time of eating. Oh, much like the Sega Saturn that it's named after. Exactly. And one whole month. Uh, and then, obviously, the Romans after that had a new feast called the Dreamcast. Uh, <laughs> didn't do so well, but probably underrated. Probably underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 64-bit. Yes. And uh, all, all sorts of firsts. First online gaming. No one was on there. Anyway, it lasted, uh, uh, I'd say it was. It lasted a month. And uh, there was things, not only it was eating and boozing and uninhibited sex. And for a month, nice. slaves were given temporary freedom and supposedly <coughs> treated. Ooh, that's risky. I know, but I don't really see how that's possible. Because if you're uh. feasting and all that, isn't that exactly the time when you want, you know, food to be served up and someone to fill mm. your cup and uh, do the washing up? You know, if there's, in fact, if there's one time I'd actually would want a slave, it would be Christmas. I don't know what those Romans were thinking, giving the whole month off. That's just crazy talk. Now, at the same time this was all going on, the Romans also had Juvenalia, which was apparently a feast honouring the... Juvenile. Well, the children of Rome. Yes, indeed. And the birth of, birthday of Mithra, an ancient infant god who was born of a rock. Do you mean the child of Dwayne Johnson? Uh, Yes. Oh, there we go. He's a god. <laughs> you learn something every day. Yep, yep. Anyway, uh, so the first Christmas was celebrated in the 4th century. Um, because in early Christianity, it was all about Easter. So no one actually cared about Jesus the baby years. You know, that wasn't really a yeah. big thing in the early church. Because the, the problem for the church is the Bible doesn't say anything about Jesus' birth date. And actually, that's why the Pur- Puritans didn't and don't celebrate Christmas. Because... Uh, they didn't buy this whole, this was when Jesus was born. I mean, for, for mm. one thing, why would you have shepherds sh- uh, herding flocks of sheep in the middle of winter? Um, anyway, that didn't, I don't bo- know. that detail didn't bother Pope Julius I. He came up with the whole yeah. thing and he did it to cover over Saturnalia Fest because it was so sexy and fun. And so, you yeah. know, it's the early church and it's like, Ugh, better get rid of... Take the boners out of Christmas. Um, <laughs> let's just get rid of it. Just keep them in the church. But he, he so he came up with the name the Feast of Nativity, uh, but that didn't nice, catch yeah. on. Except you know, some Latin countries, uh, Feliz mm-hmm. Navidad. Uh, they, you know, that's Happy Christmas, isn't it? Um, yeah. So anyway, the 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 church's marketing department toyed around with other 
names, Jeezfest, mm-hmm. uh, Gobbed, Baby, Palooza, and they mm-hmm. settled on Christ's Mass or Christmas. I mean, there is a big gaping hole in the whole uh, Bible. Jesus story, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's hilarious. Right, that, it's hilarious um, that the Puritans were like, aha, we're not celebrating Christmas because we notice some inconsistencies. Yeah, exactly. But the rest of the Bible is, is absolutely watertight. Right. Watertight like Noah's Ark. Because Jesus <laughs> turns up and um, as a baby and then nothing and then he turns up when he's 33 and um it does remind me a bit of you know the end of uh, star wars episode 3 when darth vader is standing next to the emperor in a ship and then 30 years passes and nothing happens and then suddenly it's episode 4 or however long it is 20 years 20 years yeah, yeah. 20 years and uh no no they, jesus pulled the same trick i think you forget about to, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker friends, despite for the fact they don't say anything nice to each other, they'll occasionally yeah. say something like, do you remember that time on Pling Plang 1? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, when I rescued your ass. Ass from, a, from, yeah. a, from a, a bigger flammer. And they're like, Perhaps that you're referring to the desperate backtracking in Star Wars Episode 3. Yeah, although to be honest, they, yeah. they wouldn't use a bigger flammer because they, they have about two sodding monsters which they have to stick to <laughs> like the banther and something else they're like yeah that's done that's all the, like, all should the we monsters do another we monster got. no 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 you do not understand the nostalgia dollar you can't bring <laughs> new things in so should Come we on. set it on tatooine you're like no 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 oh, let's no. just Surely set it in somewhere that looks exactly <laughs> the same exactly the same countries <laughs> don't exist anymore victorians largely invented you know christmas as we see now yeah. this isn't new news for anyone listening uh you know the whole thing trees inside holly ivy peace on earth goodwill to men all that bullshit that's all mm. that's all a victorian uh christmas uh invention but the the annoying thing about that is um before let's probably about the 17 or 1800s like christmas had also been cool like there was church in the morning but it still kept that saturnalia feel in f- uh, yep. so there would be wild drunken carnival fun social lo- leveling all that stuff and in fact they would crown a beggar or a student the lord of misrule uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh they sound like a bunch of losers they do sound like nerds yeah. Oh, I'm the Lord of Misrule. You Lord of Misrule. <laughs> but it's it's kind of weird though, isn't it? Because the Victorians, at the same time as they were like sending slave children, uh, well, basically poor yeah. people, poor kids anyway, down the mines yeah. and into factories and you know, all that kind of stuff. Up at the same time, rich uh, families started to really pamper their children and uh, would you know spoil the rotten with things like emotions and Ugh. presents and stuff like Ugh. that uh so the sort of victorians really made it about about uh, kids as well which is what mm. we're sort of stuck with today yes um because yeah. uh, obviously we're countries that don't exist anymore and we've just been talking sort of about the north pole about christmas just i suppose we could speculate about what if the north pole was a country and let's say, for the sake of argument, Santa Claus really did live there. Oh, by the way, in, in uh, the UK, we call him Father Christmas. But thanks to American, yep. creeping Americanization, I think lots of people call him Santa Claus now. Uh, Santa. Santa. Um, Santa Claus. And that comes from the Dutch Sinterklaas, a shortened fir- hey. form of Sint Nicolas or Saint Nicholas. So there we yep. go. That almost, I mean, we... we, we 
turn our noses up at the Americans and their Santa Claus, but that's uh, that's closer. Yeah, to they're calling him Saint, Saint, Nicholas. Saint Nicholas rather than than we are Uncle, Uncle, Uncle um, Toy uh, Easter Man. event. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we've gone for, hasn't it? And I do have a question for you. Oh, Ed. go on then. That is that you know if um, if there was a North Pole. What form of government would it have? I think it would have to be um, a dictatorship, one party state under Santa Claus, because I don't ever recall here like him taking any advice from anyone else. No. Um, Mrs. Claus. Well, yeah. I mean, is that re- do we are we going with Mrs. Claus though, or is this just another Cliff Richard example of him just having a stooge around well. so he's not accused of anything unfestive? There's no elf yeah. council as far as we know, so it would be low-valued toys. I mean, that's be sort of the basis of their economy. The the problem yeah. the the problem you have, Phil, with the North Pole setup, is yeah. there are no resources per se um, to build all this stuff. I mean, especially no trees. I suppose that matters more when Victorians got their kids wooden toys, but now yeah. most of the toys are plastic well, based whoa, 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 whoa. on. on petrochemicals what about all that oil well that's it it's the plastic yeah. from petrochemicals so they uh, can actually yeah. produce a lot of it yeah but you would still think they would there's a lot of things they don't have um so they would have to imp- well maybe so ed but but considering that santa sleigh can travel across the whole world in an, in an evening must have a pretty high top speed so i'm assuming that trade wouldn't be a problem especially if you've got a whole fleet of them I mean, it's not so much the the moving of goods. It's the fact that because they were importing most of what they needed without any serious yeah. exports or none to speak of, they would have a serious uh, trade deficit, Phil. Oh, yeah. um, and that's, that's probably, true. if Santa wanted to stabilise the North Pole, he could look to uh, to fill that budget deficit with oil and mm. gas licences. Um, you know, yeah. kind of remaking the North Pole as a very chilly Dubai. The only problem with that as a, uh, a policy, though, mm. is that if he does start exporting mass quantities of oil and gas, yeah. which, with which he will have to defrost the North Pole first of all, mm. he will then lose his own country. Well, yes, but he could always move to Crockerland, since we're talking <laughs> about fictional places, Phil. Yeah. Um, or Dubai. What the hell's that? Well, I mean, the good thing about Dubai is mm. state spending is minimal. And that's, oh, that's how they, they just have slaves to work for them. Um, and, well, that's just probably not 100% true. but No uh, taxes. Yeah, there's, uh, it's very, very tax light. Which would, I think, uh, make the North Pole a very attractive destination for tax-evading billionaires. Um, yep. Kind of makes sense now why the Russian oligarchs tried to put their flag <laughs> on the North Pole. It all comes around in a circle, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Father Christmas, I don't think he would be spending any money on state expenses. Um, the elves wouldn't get health care, as you said, flying reindeer. So roads, yep. not very necessary. Um, and, and he'd at least be able to... Well, feed- not unless the uh, mob got involved in the elves' unions. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, is, would, uh... they would demand more carrots, mince pies and brandy, <laughs> which is the, their, their subsistence, I think. So I think that makes a lot of sense why Russia would want to claim it. I mean, it'd just be the perfect place. How long, Ed, do you think that Father Christmas would last as a uh, dictator of the North Pole, given that he's apparently immortal himself, but it doesn't necessarily mean his term in office would be? Well, that's a good, good question. Certainly, and for as long as we keep Christmas, presumably. 
Wow, which won't be long. Not if the left-wing PC brigade have anything yeah, to do about it, Phil. Yeah, trying to kill Christmas. Yeah, trying to cancel Christmas. Oh, Cancel Christmas. Well, they're not going to. Do you know who would never cancel Christmas, Ed? Who's that? Sir Cliff Richard. Oh, Sir Cliff Richard. Well, so to sing us out on this very special edition of the North Pole. um, Merry Christmas, everyone. We have. Please welcome. Sir Cliff Richard. Sir Cliff Richard. Christmas Day, pig and mistletoe and rain. Children smiled, listened to them wave. With dogs on the fire, birthing animals in spring. Let's all add carbon to global warming. Christmas time, the elves are in line. Mince pie rats and scurvy all the time. Father Christmas rules with a mitten covered fist. Arbitrary dictats, cause he's always pissed. He is always pissed, isn't he, Ed? He's always pissed, Phil. He's always pissed. He's always, well, well, thanks for listening, everybody, to this first Interregnum episode. Yeah. Yes, our first episode, Interregnum. Tune in again next month for another Interregnum episode Ooh. as I start to work hard on Series 4 in the background oh, of very, countries that very don't exist anymore. Very oh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute. We have some. I actually went and saw. One of the countries that don't exist anymore. I did a CTDEA on the road. Woo! So I will, we will have some live footage uh, from that. But I'm not going to spoil it and tell you which of the countries it is in the next series. But uh, yeah, no listen, listen out for that. Great. And of course, uh, follow us on all our socials. Why don't you? CTDEA pod, all of them. All yeah, of them. All and of them. Ed, when the when the new series start new series season starts up, we will restart our patron. Yes. And if you'd like to come and uh support us, we'd be most eternally grateful. And you get certificates and music and bonus episodes. Yes, yeah, and more to and come too. We, sure we will to we will come. be dreaming up even more stuff. Um more besides. Yes. Uh, so actually you could join Patreon now and because I've turned off payments, you get yeah, month, you, you get penny. all the feeling be on there for three months get your certificate and leg it and uh i just said you might want to do that this might be a pirate bay situation um so anyway i think from both of us for me and phil i think we both like to say merry christmas and happy new editions of countries that don't exist anymore in the new year in the new in the new year yeah Countries that don't exist anymore They used to exist but not anymore Now you know what this podcast is for It's countries that don't exist Real